This is The Shift Podcast. The Shift Daily Podcast. We highlight how Germans have adapted COVID into their language with a long list of new terms and words. We do our best to pronounce it, so stick around for that. Turns into a little bit of silliness. Are you okay with underwear made from Crocs? It was on The Shift. It's on The Shift Daily Podcast. It's weird, trust me. And Nick Cage proposing to his girlfriend on FaceTime. I believe she said yes. And then he, of course, FedExed the ring because she wasn't in the same country or continent, for that matter. Shane and Ryan battle it out. That's me and Ryan. We battle it out on the British edition of the Cheeky Bleep Off, where we take a perfectly clean song, we bleep out a perfectly clean word, and make it sound cheeky, in case you miss it. Also there, too. The Shift Daily Podcast. COVID-19 pandemic has inspired a new shift in language, if you will, across the globe, introducing many new phrases like social distancing. Remember when that one came out? And there was big pushback about, no, it's not social distancing. It's physical distancing, which was a very good point. Um, turns out in the end, we were all made to be socially distant. Then there was the super spreader event. Before, when you Googled super spreader event on the internet, it gave you completely different results. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, avoid that one at all costs. Not anymore, though. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a COVID word now. Now, in German... The number of words inspired by pandemic exceeds 1,200, according to a list compiled by the Leibniz Institute for the German Language. Now, I do not speak German. Okay? Yeah. Das ist uh, sehr gut. Thank you. Clearly, you don't either. <laughs> Although you do better than me. <laughs> better than me. Um, so... On average, Germany adds about 200 words a year into the language. We do hear that in the English dictionaries as well, of course, right? Um, as words get added in. Usually inspired by the Kardashians or some bad TV show. Now, this long list of 1,200 words, assembled via careful monitoring of new terms as they appear in articles, is due to Germans' tendency to combine words together. For example, <laughs> oh, you can do man. it. You can do it. Corona mutations, gibit, 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 gibit. Uh, it's a mashup of words for corona mutation and area. Refers to a place where coronavirus variants are quickly spreading. Uh, here are some examples of all of this from Euronews. Now, some of the new ones include Corona Muda, meaning tired of COVID-19. Corona Frisur translates to Corona hairstyle. And one we can all relate to from working at home is overzoomed. Cromuda. I am very Cromuda right now. Very. <laughs> das ist über Corona Muda? I don't know. Da I have no idea how to speak German. <laughs> Das, I want to try, though. Das ist schlecht. <laughs> I'm wow. starting to believe Matt speaks German here. That's, das ist nicht das, gut. Nicht gut. Do you secretly speak a little Deutsch here? I'm, I'm basically running low on the, the words that I do know. There oh, you we're go. Out, we're okay. tapped out already? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Um, you don't sprechen? Uh, oh, uh, sprechen Sie Deutsch? Mm -hmm. uh, sprechen Sie nicht Deutsch? <laughs> No oh, good. I still don't know what that means. Um, 
<clears throat> Pardon me. So other combinations in the uh, in the German language. This is even like different letters. Uh, Corona Fub Group. Oh, the double the B symbol. Uh, I think it means uh, you pronounce it as S. I think. In fact, I think somebody texted about that. I think Derek said, "There you go. I may be able to help with the German. If you see the weird looking B thing, it's pronounced as double S. There you ah, go. Fußgruß. Uh-huh. Thank yeah. you, Derek. Fußgruß." Fuskruz. Fuskruz. All right. So what does that well, if mean, you know, If you know German, 877-399-9898. I think um, <laughs> Fuskruz, I would guess, is that's what you uh, make hummus out of. Um, but, again, that's just loosely <laughs> translated to English. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Um, corona foot greetings. Remember those when you're so they wanted you to do, like, the kid and play fun house? This party's at the fun house. Um, with tapping your feet together versus handshakes. So, um, I don't even, this is terrible. I think I know that one. No, it's like Geist. Geist condom. Yeah, Geist Geist condom. condom. Uh, Or face condom. Yeah. (laughs) I know a couple of people that should wear face condoms, like generally all day for the things they say. Ouch. Hey? Yeah. It's one of several new words for masks. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, just to protect us from, you know, the words that come out of their mouths. It's good to have protection. Well, well that's what you're wearing a face condom for, right? Is to protect others. A geist condom. Uh, <laughs> masks. Mask and trottle refers to mask idiot. Oh, yeah. Or someone who We've seen some mask and trottles. To wear a, mask properly i want to call covidiots mask and throttles from now on that's so yeah. much more fun and they won't know bist- what i'm calling them well they might i do beside mask and throttle i don't even know if i'm saying that right well it is better because like the german language is a very like it's not like french that it sounds very like french is a very soft language german has a lot of just hard consonants mm-hmm. it's very direct <laughs> i like it I love German. It's very sharp. I think German's, I think it's a really cool language. Me too. Um, okay. <laughs> Where are we here? Uh, mask and, ma- mask and throttle. Mask and throttle. Refers yeah. to mask idiot. Um, Abstand's beer. Oh, where it translates directly to distance beer. Distance beer. Nice. Yeah. I guess that would be like going out for a socially distanced beer. Yeah. Dust einen Abstands Beer. Yeah. Sehr gut. Sehr. Sehr, sehr gut. Schnell, schnell. If I've learned, learned anything from Leo and his Portuguese on the weekend version of the shift, is uh, the best part about that is when John Jang um, learns Portuguese, is that we have somebody. <laughs> we have somebody who <laughs> speaks Portuguese on Correct that one. Us. Um. Okay, uh, text message just arrived. Who wants to read it? Somebody else wants to read this one, I'm sure. Uh, okay, wait. Which one? Oh, um, that one from Ian? <laughs> I don't even have to tell you, do I? <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. You know, who wants to read it? Any takers? Try and do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Let me just find the uh, let me find the German word so I can say it in German instead of uh, English because that's more fun. Uh, so, Geist Kondom. 
are to protect us from dickheads. <laughs> All right, Google Translate. I'm just going to see here. Uh, <laughs> apparently, dickhead does translate directly, according to Google. Oh, oh yeah. in German. Um, oh, it's, oh. it's a universal word. Yeah, like it literally translates um, basically to moron. Yeah. Schwatchkoff. Schwarzkopf. Schwatch. Schwarzkopf. I've heard that. I've heard that before. Yeah. Was that like dumb cough? Because I've heard, I've been called a dumb cough before, but like in a <laughs> funny, ironic way. My friends and I, we watched this movie when we were kids, and there's a part where this guy just screams, you dumb cough. And we all just started calling each other that. I got that joke the most, though, out of everybody. Yeah, it's basically like dumb head. Like, Kopf is is your head, I believe, from what I remember from grade 11 German. Um, but, yeah, the Kopf is the head. And so, yeah, dumb Kopf, dumb head, basically. Fool, yeah. Well, that's me. Okay. Um, right after saying we don't have somebody on the shift who can speak, like, fluent German, this You're text message convincing says, us. <laughs> yeah, how do you say where is the bathroom I have bum gravy? We can't answer those. Um, in any language. Um, hi, boys. Are you guys okay with anti-social distancing or just the social type? See, I don't get what you mean there. That I, I don't understand one. Um, hmm. Now, yous all are going to learn how to swear in German. Thanks, Shiftheads. Um, no, swearing in German, that part I've kind of got figured out. I mean, that's the only thing you learn. Um, and playing hockey, there was always some uh, German hockey players around that had come over to Canada to play, and so they taught us all of the um, all of the good words, if you will, if you wanted to get yourself into a little bit of uh, a little bit of trouble with uh, some loose language. Oh, Shiza. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> wasn't going to go there, but since you did, um, yeah. <laughs> I love the creativity with this, though, right? I love that it's just, you know, commonplace in German to take two things that we're talking about and combine it and make it into a word. Like, I remember I tried taking some Duolingo classes in German, and Entschuldigung means, like, I'm sorry, please excuse me. They have a word for that, and that's really cool. And now they're thinking, well, there's all this COVID is a huge part of our lives now. Let's do the same thing. And I think we, we in English, we need to do this more often. Because I want to have funny words like this. So I was told that there was um, the. This is by my um, my my German friend Mirko. Uh, Mirko Ludemann was a defenseman on the German national team. He played junior hockey uh, in Fort McMurray when I was up in Fort McMurray. And um, so I'm going to try this now. Let's see if this translate thing is going to work very well here. But this is Google Translate with what Mirko told me is the longest. Word because they do put words together, so that doesn't count. But this is the longest actual one word in the German language. That's what he told me. I don't know if it's true. This is a chord. This is what Google uh, is says it is. Eichhörnchenschwanz. 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 That's really creepy. Eichhörnchenschwanz is um is squirrel's tail. Oh. oh yeah, I yeah I've heard about that before. So that's what that means. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And I mean, you can swear. So there's swearing in German, which uh, does not make people overly upset. And the one thing that I was told from my German friends, if you ever want to insult somebody, uh, it's actually not a swear at all. Um, 
but it's an insult and it's an old insult and um, it is calling somebody a pig dog. <coughs> and so that would be the, the even worse than swearing would be to say that. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to, um, I don't want to, uh, from way I, the way I was told was that, um, that, that because that's a big insult, I mean, I think it would be reckless and flippant to throw it out here. Um, mm -hmm. even more so than swear. Especially for all of our listeners in Stuttgart. Yes. Well, you never know. We do get <laughs> listeners. For, we got, um, we did, we got a, like from Bora Bora, I got an email the other day and we got another one from Australia and New Zealand. I'm really surprised we have any listeners in New Zealand for how much we make fun of them in New Zealand because Sir Christopher Gilbert tells us all the things that are wrong in New Zealand. I think they just uh, miss he Chris. Grew up there. They just miss Chris. It's possible. All right. Um, some other Corona words uh, that we have found in English, for example, things like these are things that we use every day now. There's the um, uh, self-isolating, pandemic, quarantine, lockdown. They've all come up to the um, they've all come up to the top of the list, right? There's the COVIDio party. There's the COVEXIT. Then there's just Rona, which used to stand for Hey, man, let's go for some Ronas, uh, which used to stand for Corona. Which I don't know how they're going to recover from that marketing. Um. Yeah, Zoom bombing has also come out, mm -hmm. right? Remember people jumping on Zoom calls? Quarantine, quarantines, your sort of teamwork on quarantines, quarantini. Um, yeah, so there's been a whole bunch of really cool new crowdsourcing has even become a, a much bigger word now because of everything and working from home. So all kinds of, um, all kinds of cool language that's changed here. The question is, is what comes next? I don't know. Like, do they stick around? Do they stick around? Do we ever use them again? Is this one of those things where they sort of come out like a bad trend in music when people starts using start using loose language? What was the uh, what was the word? Mask and trottle? Yes, or mask and trottle. Mask and trottle. Yeah, trottle. Du bist ein mask and trottle. That's good. Very good. Okay. It's the shift podcast. Maddie, how's the uh, how's the moon dial doing? How's the Mondwalen? Well, let me check. <laughs> hey, Mondwalen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hello. Was ist das? Was ist das? Schnell, schnell. Das ist, ist das Dummkopf? Oh, das. Oh, schnell, schnell. Schnell. <laughs> the uh, Mondwalen ist ready. All right. <laughs> I think that's all right. Amazing. I don't know what just happened here. All right. Are you okay? I would like to, before we start with this, are you okay? Um, I have really two fundamental questions with this one. There are two are you okay questions. Okay. And um, both of which lead back to an incredibly um, scary picture on the internet. Wow. I'm intrigued. Are you okay? Are you okay with Crocs? Ah... Generally, no. Although the the people that are big fans of them are huge. Like it's either you like them or you don't. Croc fans are huge fans. They they'll swear yeah. by their footwear. Most people I tend to know, including myself, think they're a bit of a uh, fashion faux pas. Yeah, uh, make you look a little ridiculous, maybe a little bit crazy. A little bit. Wow. I uh, as someone who is a shoe aficionado. Crocs are a no-no. However, Crocs are coming back, man. Like Post Malone did a collaboration. Justin Bieber did. There are pairs of Crocs that are reselling for like five hundred dollars 
There's also a KFC pair of Crocs as well, by the way, that looks like a bucket of chicken. Uh, <laughs> now, do I have a pair? No. However, I have actually been thinking about getting a pair for house shoes here, just because I have uh, linoleum floors here, and my feet are mm-hmm. always dusty and dirty by the end of the day. So, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about it. And, and I mean, I mean, who am I to judge fashion? But you know, in terms of the positive, though, I hear Crocs are really good for gardening. Yes, they I are. Have- I have a pair of um, Croc thongs, if you will, if you want to throw back to the 80s, um, flip-flop sandals, and those are Crocs, and those are the best sandals that I've had. I This is embarrassing to say. I bet you I've had them for 13 or 14 years, uh-huh. maybe even longer. It might be 16 or 17. They are so flat on the bottom. As soon as it's a wet cement floor, I am literally going to break my neck, but... It was, uh, they're, uh, they're the best. Okay, here's the other question. Are you okay with briefs? Uh, like tidy whities Yeah. Like men's briefs underwear. Are you, a, you know, what you briefs or? I mean, yeah. it's it's all like, yeah. I mean, everybody's kind of different in terms of what they prefer. I prefer, uh, you know, like a lot of things in my life to keep it fast and loose. <laughs> Plaid boxer shorts, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Nailed <laughs> Actually, it. Yes. Hey, that's, yeah. I, I'm a briefs guy. I am. Yeah. I like it. I like a little bit of structure, you know. <laughs> you, like structure. A, you like a little bit of security. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm a boxer briefs guy. So there you go, right in the middle, nice. moderate. Nice. <laughs> um, You're Switzerland. Where I'm are you going with this? Okay, here's where I'm going with this: is that are you okay? Are you okay with briefs made out of Crocs? Uh. I'm just picturing wearing Crocs on my like frontal area. The nether regions. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're padded if you're ever playing sports, I guess. That can't be comfortable. I'm easy I'm, to clean at least, but I'm, I'm just going to say hard no. Yeah, no, that sounds awful. All right. Um turns out um it's a thing. I don't suggest you wear them under tight pants. They're a little bulky. Uh, Matt Benedetto created quite possibly the ugly, ugliest underwear ever. In his own words, this stylish pair of underwear is equipped with all of your favorite accessories from the sports strap, breathable holes, ribbed accents, <laughs> and with <laughs> occasional calls, slide them up or down your thighs and tackle the day like never before. <laughs> wow. Now, the real name of this product is called a Gator Brief. Currently, it's not available for sale, just so you know. But it may be soon in a pre-sale. Turns out Crocs are quite practical. Maybe they might even save your life. Uh, okay, this is a story of a guy um, who was struck by lightning wearing Crocs. So imagine how safe he would have been if he was wearing his uh, Croc underwear. Mm-hmm. And this, this, uh, this story about a guy and his Crocs surviving lightning is from Jordan Armstrong. Yeah, there's no mistaking it. It was just this massive concussive shock. Wearing only his underwear and Crocs shoes, the Bowen Island resident had gone outside just after midnight to close the windows on his truck. He had one foot on the running board, another on the ground, and his right hand on the ignition. When he got a shock, he'll never forget. Bam! It was just this unbelievably loud bang. I think the whole truck was energized. Came up my right leg, went out my left, basically blew my Croc shoe across the road. And then, yes, just laid me right out on the ground. He believes he was conscious for most of it. He recalls crawling to the house for help. 
His wife remembers finding him by the truck and helping him inside. What I do know is my legs weren't working properly and I actually felt at the time like they were both broken. After half an hour, the feeling in Meisner's legs came back. Paramedics attended, but he did not go to hospital. A week and a half later, aside from a bruise, he says he feels great and lucky. So are you going to buy a lottery ticket then? Well, it's funny. That's one of the first things I did the following day was went online, bought my lotto tickets. And as for his Crocs... They will definitely be my lucky shoes. You know, they're not very flattering in terms of fashion statement, but I have a newfound appreciation for Crocs, for sure. Wow. Lightning proof. It's the rubber. That makes sense. Yeah. Really. yeah. yeah. Practical. I mean, imagine how safe he would have been. Just think about that Wait. sentence, though. That is a man who would be dead if it wasn't for his Crocs. <sighs> wow. I sh- I would, maybe I was a little too harsh on Crocs earlier. Amazing. It might be. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for everyone who texted in if you wear boxers or briefs. <laughs> we, we didn't ask for them, but we, we got them. We got, got that, that, you made it weird. 877-399-9898. This text comes in from Scott. It says, love you guys, but drop the moon dial bit on behalf of everyone. Thanks, Scott. Which I find particularly amazing because I am yet to, you know, have everyone's phone number um, to be able to ask everyone this. So somehow you've got like the ultimate list of asking everyone. That's like when I used to DJ in the bars and someone would come up and say, I'll bet you... I play this song, Everyone Will Dance. I'm like, Everyone Will Dance? They're like, Yeah, it's the best song ever, man. Everyone will dance. I'll bet you a hundred bucks. They'd be like, I'll bet you a hundred bucks everyone will dance. I'm like, okay. And then you play the song and you get your hundred bucks because there's people going to the bathroom. And usually the song sucks. Anyway, uh, thank you, Scott, for letting us know what everyone is. We're probably going to save your phone number because our bosses would love to know what everyone thinks of the shift um, and how we're doing. What if eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight? Your calls and texts are welcome too. Sorry, what if Scott speaks for everybody though? What if it turns out that he's like the voice of the people, man? Could be. <laughs> that could be the answer. Then I would have to stop. Really? Really? We don't have to stop. Okay. It's the Mundo. You'll be all right. It's the Mondwalen. Mondwalen. That was wrong. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, what are we going to do? Are you okay? Are you okay with long distance relationships? Um, I've never been in one. So really? I, but everybody I've known that's been in one is, uh, it's a difficult thing to try and maintain. It sucks. It's hard. I mean, if it's, if it's worth it for that person, it can often be a, a necessary evil. That's kind of the way I look at it. It's, it's an amazing test on a relationship and it can kind of really show you if this is the person you're supposed to be with uh but it also comes with a lot of hardships um but i mean it's never my first choice it never would be Hmm. that's a guy who's currently in one i would say that uh I'm okay with it. I could have to, I suppose. (laughs) I don't know how how does that answer work. You'd better be okay with this. (laughs) Otherwise, we'll send the tape. Right? (laughs) We're not recording, are we? Oh, crap. Nicholas Cage is a married man again. Um, He's been married a few times. He married uh, Rico Shibata last month at the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas. He lives in Vegas, by the way. At 26, Rico is four years younger than Nicolas Cage's firstborn son, Weston. 
Oh. Uh, he's 57. It's her first marriage and his fifth marriage. Now, here's the, this is, this is cool. According to page six, Nicolas Cage proposed via FaceTime to his new bride and FedExed Rico's ring to Japan because that's where she was, announced their engagement in August on his brother Mark Coppola's uh, radio show. So, um, he proposed long distance over, over FaceTime. Cage met Rico in Shiga, Japan. They've been together ever since, shortly after the dissolution of Cage's last marriage to Erica Koiki. Koiki? Koik. Koiki. Koiki. I like Koiki, uh, which lasted for four days in 2019. Uh, Nicholas Cage is one of Hollywood's most romantic actors. <laughs> romantic is really the word we'd use. <laughs> Maybe. Here's actual dialogue from the classic Nicholas Cage movie, Vampire's Kiss. Hi. I like poetry, horseback riding, Vivaldi, and long weekends in the country. Those are exactly the same things that I like. Wait a minute. We walked along while bright and red uprose the rising sun. The words were... Incredible. Well... I guess you two won't be needing me anymore. I guess not. Thank you so much, Dr. Glazer. This one's going to last, I can tell. It was written on the stars. Written in the stars, yes. Hey, do you like Japanese food, Sharon? It's the best. So refreshing. refreshing. You see that? We're on exactly the same wavelength. <laughs> have you guys ever seen that movie? That's how the Zoom call I have went. not. So why don't, you, uh, why don't you describe that scene to everybody? Yep. So what's actually happening is Nicolas Cage has just murdered someone in real life, is covered in blood, and is speaking to a lamppost, and in his mind is imagining a conversation with his therapist where she brings in this perfect woman. And that's when you hear him go, whoa, that's him in real life. Uh, later on in that scene, he then breaks up with that woman while screaming and in the middle of the street and yelling at people. It is the first movie where the director said, Nick, do whatever the hell you want. And it is absolutely incredible you have to watch this movie it's ridiculous incredible <laughs> i'm sold oh yeah it's amazing it's like room bad you know so bad it's wonderful nicholas cage thinks he's a vampire it's great all right well let's do a quickie here are you okay before we're done um are you okay with no more mundo i mean it's it would take one less thing off my plate yeah, because that's so taxing on your day. Like I'm literally like throwing it off the top of my head, and it's exhausting. <laughs> Dwayne says you could say Scotta speaks for everyone minus one. I'm cool with the silliness that is the fabled Moon Dial. Lyle says I love the Moon Dial. Hope it stays. He's not my voice. Catherine says thank you, but I don't have the internet. <laughs> I I tr oh, I tried to I tried to send her a picture of the underwear, oh. the Croc underwear. Yeah. Oh dear, <laughs> you're sending um, you're sending pictures of underwear to our listeners. Consensual. Jeez, that's gotta that's gotta be an HR infraction, isn't it? This is the Shift Podcast. Uh we promised you that we would do a cheeky bleep off here on the show. Ryan uh thinks he's gonna crush it. So I figured we might as well uh dive right into it. Ryan, for those who uh, we, we thought we would do a British band one today, because uh, yep. for those of us uh, who have you know listening to the show and have maybe never heard a cheeky bleep off, do you want to explain what what the cheeky bleep off is, how this works? Well, the cheeky bleep off is where we take a perfectly clean, normal song and we simply 
make it a little cheeky by bleeping a random word, or sometimes there's a lot of thought behind which word is bleeped. That's what separates mm-hmm. the good cheekies from the non-good cheekies. And we just uh, see word. who... Yes, a clean word. Thank you. And we see who is the cheekiest of the bleeps. Uh, now, yes, we are doing a English band themed version of the cheeky bleep off and um why not instead of blabbering on and trying to explain it we just give you an example of how this is going to work a little cheeky right a perfectly little cheeky, clean yes. word right, perfectly cheeky. Clean yep. word. Right, right, perfectly cheeky. Uh, now, I spent hours trying to find a good one, and uh, I just it was difficult to find the right words to bleep. And I really wanted to avoid using my favorite band and my favorite British band, which is the Smiths. But it ended up just being that it made a lot of sense. So what you are about to hear are me kind of ruining my favorite songs of all time on purpose and i think it works so uh first up here's uh, my first cheeky blip smith's edition Take me out I like yes, that. I okay. Got one. I have a got one. Yes, bleeping in your car. That could be anything. Bleeping in your car. That's good. I like that. That's good. Okay. All right. So. All right. All right. Very good. I, well and I, I have one more. I have one okay. more. And uh, after this, we will hear Shane's, and then it will be up to you, shift heads. Who is the cheekiest? <laughs> that's oh, very good catch that m part there oh. that's good i like the d under the iron bridge we bleeped and although i ended up with sore lips that kind of ties back to the first edition of the cheeky bleep where shane killed it with that sean mendez one uh mm-hmm. involving the sore so there you go those are my two contenders <laughs> all right so um my songs here which by the way eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Um, you can choose whichever one is best. You don't have for, you can be texting the song name. You can test in Shane or Ryan or whatever, uh, whichever one works for you. So I had a couple here that I threw together. I did not struggle to the same way that Ryan did. I also created a basic one to get mm-hmm. started just to sort of introduce my perspective here of the, the cheeky bleep where we take a perfectly clean song. We bleep out a clean word and it makes it sound cheeky. Here is my introduction sample of a, of a, a brick group. <laughs> nice. See? Oh my. It's uh what comes after the bleep that's often most important. All right. All right, 877-399-9898. So I have a couple as well. So the first one, uh, because I wanted it is psychedelic Sunday adjacent show, I really wanted to throw back to one. So yep. let's start with my my first official entry into the cheeky bleep off. It is from the Beatles. She loves you, yeah, yeah. 
she's thinking of. And she don't <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, indeed. Okay, so my second okay. one, it's energetic and fun, right? Yeah, it's great But it's song. you she's thinking of. Remember that. That's the other line. Mm-hmm. All right, so my other one is uh, we, we fast forward a couple of decades to the 80s. Uh, here and uh, Mr. George Michael with its classic. We're going to start with a bit of the intro to get you in the sexy, sexy mood. Oh, yeah. Hey, baby. How you doing, baby? I'm going to bleep you. Oh, God. Nice. Isn't that Very beautiful? Good. I feel I like that's that beautiful. I, I feel like that was just some really There's sexy some magic in the air. Dear me. Happening right there. Dear right? me. Ooh. Magic. 877-399-9898. Who is going to win the cheeky bleep? Um, okay, so before we leave here, there is a, a Christmas show that I absolutely love and a song that's been covered a few times. Um, in Love, actually, they do Christmases all around. That's the really cheesy cover version of Love is All Around. And just for fun on the way out the door, I thought we could do uh, a bleep out of Wet, 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 since we're doing Brit Bands. And love is Christmas is all around me. Hit it, Matt. I feel it in my finger. I feel it in my toe. Love is all around me, and so the feeling grows. It's written on the wind, it's everywhere I go. Oh, yes, it is. So if you really love me, come on and let <laughs> that was relying on the lead up there. Um, Dear man. man. All right. Great Caesar's ghost. It's the shift podcast. It's time for in case you missed it. In case you missed it on the radio, here's bleep, boop, bleep, bloop, bloop, the Donald. Bleep. <laughs> boop. Boop. All right. Uh, I'm really upset because all I'm thinking about is Irish whiskey now after that last little conversation. Uh, uh, I'm thinking about it too. I think we should get someone on to tell us how they make whiskey and like have like someone from Ireland in a soothing accent explain the science behind all of it and why we like it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think we should do it. Difference in the meantime, Scotch though, and Irish whiskey? Exactly. The difference is why it matters. 
and what you should and should not drink. <laughs> They're probably going to say anything from England. Um, now, we have tweets. We have TikToks. We have stories of pirate ships. We have all of this on In Case You Missed It. Yar. So uh, let's start off, as we always do, with our tweet of the day. Today's tweet addresses how, especially if you're in Ontario right now, you just heard on the headlines that Toronto, Peel Region, moving into a gray lockdown. What the hell does that mean? Well, a comedian we've highlighted on the show before addressed that on Twitter. So let's check it out. It's the tweet of the day. Once again, Canadian comedian Brittle Star, who is blowing up on social media, is trying to sum the plight of Canadians trying to understand the color coding lockdowns. Now, the idea is pretty simple. If there is a lockdown in your region, you can determine the severity of it by the color. Why not just say you are in top lockdown, medium lockdown, low lockdown? You know, there's some confusion there. And Brittle Star, he wanted to highlight it. So he tweeted this video out saying color codes, excuse me, wow, color codes clarified. And another channel I've mentioned before, Room Raider, where they review a uh, reporter's room where they do their live hits on Twitter, they gave him a 10 out of 10, which is funny because he was standing behind a color-changing screen for this entire segment. So please, enjoy. We're all eager to move past lockdowns, but we need to do it safely. That's why the government has introduced an easy-to-follow color code system, so you know what level of lockdown your area is in. As of this week, most of you will be moving to Chartreuse, though some will remain in aubergine, while the outskirts of the current aubergine area will move to light aubergine, a subtle but life-or-death distinction. Some larger strip mall areas, of course, remain, and this is vitally important, burnt sienna. The following week will see the remainder of cities moving to periwinkle. If you have pets or are left-handed, please note that you'll be moving to azure. Finally, smaller communities will stay at black and white stripes. That's black with white stripes, obviously not the other way around, which would be replaced by solid smoky topaz. You can easily tell which color code applies to you and what it means by, uh, I don't know, guessing? You You should probably just keep wearing your masks and stay socially distant. Just, just saying. Ooh, topaz. Just saying. Isn't that right? That, I, I'd say that's about right. That's how I feel when I look at these maps and all understanding. Even now, Alberta's map is just different shades of blue, and the darker it gets, the more serious. But you, the government, Kenny could come on TV tomorrow and tell me that we're moving into azure blue, and I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm still just going to wear my mask and do what you've been telling me to do for two months. So frustrating, and hopefully we can get some clarification and easier stuff now. Man, oh, man. We heard it earlier, some uh, careless whisper, and one of the greatest nice. saxophone riffs of all time. Well, I've got another sax riff that we need to talk about, and it's coming from TikTok. Good morning, I'm Ryan O'Donnell with today's TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Breakdown. You may remember, and if you don't, that's fine, but I highlighted a TikToker by the name of Evan Jacobson. What does Evan do? He adds saxophone solos to songs that don't need them. 
they were fantastic and i was very excited when i heard the first one and uh here's a refresher of how that sounds Very sexy. Very sexy. Well, that was a few weeks ago. I was still living in my parents' place when that came out. Now I'm here. It's been a month of living in this apartment. And he finally uploaded part three. And uh, I had to trim it down because the opening had a lot of swear words in it, which it's an interesting choice for the song, but it works somehow. So check it out. Got a little snap to it, my friend. Oh, it's like the Sunday Night Sax show, am I right? Evan Jacobson, you are playing the woodwind to perfection, man. Unbelievable. I love it. If you could saxify any song, that's the word I'm using to describe this now. Uh, I think I would want to add, he's done the hip hop. I'm going to challenge him if he's listening right now to do like a really heavy metal song. Like, you know, a metal song where the saxophone is just out of nowhere. We're talking like death metal and then all of a sudden saxophone. I want to see if he can make it work. That's the challenge I extend to you. Yeah, like if they took made like like Slayer's Angel of Death or something like that. Yep. Just like or even some yep. you could get into some of the Metallica that's got a lot of the kick drum breaks to it and like yep, yep. creative breakdown. Starting in it. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> do one, do one by Metallica right before the darkness imprisoning me part. Throw it in there. Yeah, you can make it work. You can make it work. If you can shred that sax, I'm sure like they shred those guitars. It will sound amazing. Now, I'm very excited about this next story. Uh, I think it. I think I need to break out my pirate voice though. All right, you better do it. Okay. All right, give me a second. Yar, me mateys, it be time for a swashbuckling story from the Seven Seas. A family in South Florida tracked down a toy pirate ship on Thursday. But this isn't your average toy galleon. <laughs> Excuse me. It came all the way from Scotland. Wow. Right? Yes. Toy galleon showing up in Florida from Scotland. How is this possible? This is from NBC6 News. Arr, here's the clip. Ellie Alvarez and her dad, Ulysses Ulysses, were tracking a toy pirate ship and found it off the coast of Miami on Tuesday. Papa, it's a message with a bottle. With a bottle with a message. Oh my God, look at that, Ellie. The toy pirate ship with messages in a bottle is named Adventure, and it was launched by Ollie and Harry Ferguson from Scotland. Hi, Ellie. I'm Harry, and I'm eight. I'm Ollie, and I'm 11. We loved watching your video of you getting our boat. The crab really made us smile. Oh, it's a crab living on it. Look at this. This guy that we found living on the boat. 
The toy pirate ship was first launched in 2017. It traveled from Scotland to Scandinavia to Barbados and then was lost at sea. Now this is Adventure 2, and so far it's traveled from the North Sea to Florida. Mission accomplished. Whoa. Yarr, <laughs> by the grace of the flying Dutchman. Can you, can you play that last thing again? Just the mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, I'd have That's to. Z- oh, no, you, you can to, just do just play the last click. three seconds. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd have to like do something complicated and put it in my work folder and blah, blah, blah. The uh, Heads up would be the, great about that. Well, we didn't know until the last three seconds, so yeah. that would be why. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> can, I, can I go back to the sax guy or can we talk pirates for a second? Which way do you want to go? Whoa, okay. Uh, why pirates. are we going back to the sax? Okay, you can take it back to the saxophone. I'm just curious as to why. Well, because we had a text message of a suggestion of a song that these sax guys should do. Oh. Okay. Ready? Let's hear it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That would work really well. I can hear it already. Right? I get up, I get in. Yeah, I love that song. Let me begin. Let me begin. Let me begin by saying that that would be a great sax solo. Uh, there you go, Evan. I'm going to tag you in this in this uh, segment so you can, uh, you know, show us what you got. Show us the show the shift heads your chops. I mean, you already have, mm-hmm. but still, we're putting you on the spot. Now, back to the pirate story. Sorry. So, that's okay. We went on a tangent. That's fine. I was excited. I was excited. I know. That's okay. It's saxophone. Me too. Obviously. So somehow this boat, this tiny toy boat from Scotland went all the way to Florida. It's just ridiculous to think it traveled that distance. Now, how did they find it? So the ship is outfitted with a GPS underneath it that allows them to keep tabs on the ships. You can actually follow them on social media. They constantly share the location of the boat. So that's how this family found the boat. They sailed out on their boat, tracking the GPS, and then found it. So Ulysses Ulysses, which the name kind of threw me off there. That is his name. Every two hours, every five minutes. However, they adjusted it. It sends a GPS signal to the web, so this way they can keep track of the little vessel. Ulysses Ulysses and his daughter are planning on launching Adventure 2 back into the ocean as soon as the weather allows. Then the tiny pirate ship will travel back to the Ferguson brothers in Scotland. Maybe, hopefully. I don't know how you're going to predict it getting all the way back to Scotland, but it's amazing. I think that's so cool. And Can you imagine how excited those kids from Scotland were when they found out somebody actually found their boat? I think that's neat. There's a lot of cool, um, you know, remember, I don't know, we used to do it when we were in school. Maybe it's a environmental thing. You can't do it anymore. But you said to attach a note and put it in a helium balloon and release the balloons. And the balloons would fly way up in the sky. And then someone would find it and then send you the letter back that you had put in there. Please email us in our class. So we did that. And some of them were from far, far away. Um, and so that was really cool. Probably not environmentally friendly anymore to send a bunch of rubber Definitely balloons not. in the air to end up and i'm sure there's some turtle somewhere that's got a balloon stuck in its nose that we'll find out about um anyway um the the point is though is that that's how you used to meet strange people you know through cool things but now that you can do it in a little toy boat with a gps on it and uh, track it on the internet that's cool stuff 
It's the face. Arr. It's the face that launched a thousand toy pirate ships. Arr, toy pirate ships. I do think that the boat needs a cooler name. Like I know that adventure makes sense, but like you know, Blackbeard ship was called the. Uh, oh no! Why am I the Queen Anne's Revenge, for example, Ooh. which is the coolest name for a boat ever, right? So I think that this boat should have. You should just call it Florida Man. That's it. That's the scariest name you could give a pirate ship. Florida Man. Florida Man. Oh, no. <laughs> Anything but that. Right? Then you could do like my house. Right? Here we go. You could, <laughs> these all would work for all of these different songs for, um, you know, for sax, sax songs. Just yeah. saying. You could do low. We oh, could yeah. get we we could actually have like Flo Rida doing sax songs on the toy boat and have little speakers blasting. I mean, they had a crab living on the boat when they found it. So there you go. He'd have some music to keep him company as he head oh, back really? into the old seven seas. Oh, yeah, that is nice. That's nice to have yeah. a little stowaway like that. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is a Am throwback right? to the my younger years, man. Oh. Uh. Fur. Fur. See, with the fur. Arr. Arr. All right, is that the end? You done? I'm done. I'm All done. right. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.